0: We're taking a deep dive, and there's no sign of Snowflake the Dolphin. Welcome to another episode of This Goose is Cooked, Celebrity Book Edition, where we review books intended for our future generations. Today's book, How Roland Rolls, by Jim Carey, illustrated by Rob Nason. Published by Some Kind of Garden Media. For those who don't know Jim Carrey, he's a Canadian American actor and comedian. He got his big break landing a role on the sketch TV series In Living Color, but he's probably best known for such films as Liar Liar, Dumb and Dumber, and Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Many have said he's the best actor to have never received an Academy Award nomination. Don't ask me who those many are, but they're out there. He has, however, received a Gallette Burgess Children's Book Award for How Roland Rolls. Which brings us to the review. How Roland Rolls is a tale that follows a wave named Roland throughout his life in the ocean, until one day it all comes crashing down. Will Roland evaporate under the pressure, or will he turn the tide? Well, bring a life raft, we're heading to the middle of the ocean. Oh, you, pretty chitty bang bang, pretty chitty bang bang, we love you. Hi-ho, in a motor car with a wonderful friendly friend. Bang bang, pretty chitty bang bang, our fine Ford fendered friend. Bang bang, pretty chitty bang bang, our fine Ford fendered. Chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang, yeah! Alrighty then, let's get cookin'. We begin on Jim Carrey with a magnifying glass. He puts it over the ocean, I would assume it's a map, but I have no clue. He introduces us to Roland the Wave. Bumblebee tuna. I don't care what kind of magnifying glass or sonar device Jim has, there is no way he finds Roland in the Abyss that quickly. I'm calling shenanigans. Jim puts down the magnifying glass and he picks up a surfboard. We see him surfing, telling us that Roland is a friendly wave. You know, a real likable guy. Sounds like he's the guy who I hate in my group of friends, but everyone else likes, so I can't trash talk him and it pisses me off even more. The dude's a phony. Why can't you see that? Jim loses me in more ways than one. He's nowhere to be found. Yet, he's still clearly narrating. And I'm confused, because just when we're getting introduced, he jumps us to a traumatizing experience. A massive cargo ship, you know, like the ones that are parked off the coast of California, comes and splits Roland like Ace Ventura parallel parking. Like a glove. I don't know if it splits him from his friends, or if he quite literally got split in half. I guess I'll unfold this page to see if it brings us more clarity. Okay. Jim's still referring to them, so I'll assume it's his friends that got ground up in the propeller to never be seen again. Depressing. That was a quick turn for the worst. Oh jeez, there's more bad page after page. Now it's a whale breaching that ends up sitting on Roland's face, destroying Roland's body and his dignity, sending pieces of him everywhere. I guess that's the end of Roland. Story over, right? Wrong. With no mention of how Roland got himself back together, we learn that Roland is sad because he lost all of his friends. He's not sad because he just got plowed into by two rather hefty objects in the middle of the ocean. No, he's worried about not having friends. If I were him, I'd be worried about what I'm doing wrong. Those two incidents don't just happen coincidentally. I have to stop right here and point something out. Roland's eyes are perplexing. They aren't a part of his body at all. They look like sunny-side-up eggs, or maybe floating rocks. I believe that type of stone is called pumice. I digress. It's unnerving to see these eyes floating around like this. Couldn't they just be dimples in the wave or something? Not Nicki Minaj's titty tassels? Moving on, can you guess what happens next? Yep, Jim introduces another problem for Roland. A wave called Gnarly. You don't need to remember that. He'll disappear like Roland's friends. Anyway, Gnarly is so big, he can suck up other waves. He's a cannibal. If you're watching that series on Netflix, he's like Dahmer. Gnarly destroys a ship, but luckily Roland dodges him, like a chick dodging a group of jabronis at the bar. Hey, want a drink? You come here often? Don't leave so fast. Finally, Roland starts making friends again. And this time, it's with a bird who ends up introducing Roland to his future life partner. Named Shimmer. The old meetin' a chick through an acquaintance. You dog. These two were made for each other. And they rolled on together for thousands of days. They made thousands of ripples that went thousands of ways. End quote. I'm assuming those ripples aren't just a fart in the bathtub. They got it on. Bang a gong. Those are baby waves. And if that's the case, that's a lot of chitlins. Maybe Roland should have put a white cap on it. One day, out of the blue, reality hits these two. Roland and Shimmer learn that they're going to die when they hit the shore. Shimmer must be the one who's driving. They kept good spirits, though, and when they hit the land, it was not what they thought it would be. They swirled around and became one with the ocean. I'm guessing this is the afterlife. Quote, Suddenly, every wave they ever knew was right there to greet them, and the ripples came, too. End quote. Yeah, it's definitely the afterlife. Only, their afterlife is a bunch of floating eyes. I didn't want to go in the ocean because of sharks. Now I have one more reason not to get in. I don't need a bunch of eyes staring up my shorts. Oh no. Jim's telling us they're in ice cubes and even inside of us. This is my nightmare! Apparently Roland has everything. I would assume he would, being in control of all the water on the planet. Jim ends the story telling us We're like Roland, and that we aren't alone. Clearly, if he's inside of us. And no matter what happens, our spirits will keep going. Like Kanye when he gets on a roll, there's no stopping him. Best just let him talk himself out. Oh, and we turn the page to see pictures of Jim Carrey that inspired the Roland illustrations. He looks like he's having a stroke. That explains a lot. Jim gave us a rather interesting moral, and I don't believe we've seen one like this, so we have to give him credit there. It seemed as though he touched on life after death, and in a rather comforting way, I might add. To unwrap Jim's moral, I believe he was saying, we're not alone. That's what this book is all about. You may say, that's a fine theory. Well, I thought you would never ask. While we were reading, I mistook Roland's friendships as surface level. When suddenly it hit me: we're a part of it all, whether we live or die. That's what Roland's friendships were all about. That's why Roland ends up a part of the whole ocean, and that explains why Roland keeps on rolling. Let me run that back for you. Yep, nap, nup neat, new, scheme, nap, new, yep, dap, doop, scoop That's what Roland's friendships were all about. That's why Roland ends up a part of the whole ocean, and that explains why Roland keeps on rolling. Damn, I'm good! Can you feel that? Uh I have exorcised the demons. This house is clear. So what do I think of Jim's writing and the overall book? The mask came off. I heard he fell off the deep end, and I believe he showed us that with this read. I can't lie. His idea might have been award-worthy, but the final product was not. It was way too long. It was like reading the Odyssey, only in wave form. The whole first half was not needed. Roland didn't need trouble after trouble. We got the point after one. And why even name a big bad wave when he only gets two pages? Just make him your main villain and be done. Forget the boat and the whale. Without the first half of the book, there might be something here. As for the book itself, he should have paired with a different publisher. The font, or the color the words were in made them feel like an afterthought. I mean, there was one point where the word SEEN had sunglasses around the two E's. At no other point in the book did they do that. It's like they accidentally misprinted another book's font on one page. That's rule number one in just about anything, but especially comedy. You don't just do something once. It's all about repetition. I can't imagine that was Jim's idea. On top of that, The font didn't jive with the illustrations at all. Now, on to Rob's illustrations. I didn't mind them. He did a wonderful job of capturing the chaos in this wave's life and showing how the wave would look through this turmoil. What I didn't like was his choice in eyes. Again, fix that, and you might have something here. You know, in the bloopers of Liar Liar, Jim gets called out for being an overactor. And in this case, it was not a stretch to say he was an overwriter. Are we surprised? So on a scale from one to five, I'm giving this book a 2.6. I'll have a taste, push it around, go back for another bite, but I'll take something other than water to wash it down. Super. Take care now. Bye bye then. This goose is cooked. Celebrity book edition. Join us next time for another in-depth book review.